Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Means Forever. This is the podcast that sometimes we talk about things that crush your soul, but other times there are movies that are magical and romantic and adorable and star Vivica A. Fox. (laughs) I'm... Star. Supporting. (laughs) Everybody knows that supporting actresses are the best ones anyway. Um, But we're talking about your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kind that you find on Hallmark, Hallmark Movies Now, Netflix, Netmix Movies Now, Amazon Movies Now. Now. (laughs) Movies Now. (laughs) So, Hannah, Um, what do we have today? So, it is... We were rounding out the end of July here, uh, which means it's our final Christmas in July movie of the season, and we're going to talk about a Crazy Pants movie that's old for Hallmark, meaning it's 10, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, called Annie Claus is Coming to Town, and it's from December 10th, 2011. And this is the novel that Hallmark has written about this movie. This year, Santa's daughter takes her first trip away from the North Pole during the Christmas season, hoping to find adventure and love in sunny California. While Santa watches his daughter through a magic snow globe, Annie arrives in L.A. and becomes friends with the owner of Candy Cane Inn. I think it's a motel, but... (laughs) Uh, Lucy and her daughter, Mia. She also quickly lands a job, not a job, she's not paid, uh, at Wonderland Toys. Not a girl. (laughs) Wonderland Toys owner, Ted, is struggling to stay in business selling old-fashioned toys in a digital world. Also have a problem with this? There's definitely wheeze in there. I mean, we'll talk about that. (laughs) Annie soon realizes that she wants Ted's business to thrive because she has feelings for this Christmas traditionalist. Does she? (laughs) Annie also knows that when she finds her true love, she and her mate will move back to to the North Pole, again, no, to take over the family business. But Santa isn't the only one watching Annie through the looking glass. So is a senior Santa elf who himself wants to inherit the ho-ho-ho of holidays. Oh my god. (laughs) So much so that he hires a Hollywood actor to feign affection for Annie. Although Annie temporarily falls for the imposter, she realizes there is something about Ted that is unforgettable. Will Annie's choice make her Christmas and everyone else's merry and bright? And it stars uh, Maria Thayer, Sam Page, and the uh, aforementioned Vivica A. Fox. So that was a novel. It's a novel and it's wrong. Well, right. (laughs) Hannah told you some wrong things, so here's our synopsis. The synopsis you know and love, written by Hannah Weitzman. (laughs) Uh, And read by both of us. 
So, Maria Thayer's Annie Claus. She is the perpetually happy adult daughter of Santa Claus. You know who that is. Um, she spent her whole life at the North Pole, and now that Santa is thinking about retirement, needs to decide if she wants the Santa life or if she wants to leave and live a life of her own. It's Rumspringa. <laughs> She's totally Rumspringaing it. Yes. That's totally true. <laughs> Um, the way all potential new Santas decide this is by taking a trip, determined by fate, to the human world for the Christmas season. And fate is sending Annie to L.A. <laughs> Arriving in L.A., Annie is a fish out of water. This is a big city, and she's from a small village where everyone knows everyone. People are not receptive to her boisterous Christmas spirit. They don't want to hug her. <laughs> this is pre-COVID. Um, or make conversation about hot cocoa. But she's staying at the Candy Cane Motel, which she clearly picked on name alone. And the proprietor, Lucy, and her daughter, Mia, are more welcoming of Annie and her eccentricities. Yes. The Chris this Christmas season might be the last one for Wonderland Toys, owned by Ted played by Sam Page. He has a huge balloon payment coming up and a big box store opened up close by and took most of his business. Annie finds one of his flyers and stops into the, into the shop and immediately starts making changes. The displays don't show off the products and the store has zero Christmas cheer. But Annie is going to help out and save the shop. She is a toy expert after all and an expert in Christmas. <laughs> Mia has a solo in her local Christmas pageant. I couldn't tell if it was part of school or not. Yeah. Um, but it gets canceled when the director has to drop out. Annie Claus to the rescue! She can direct the pageant and save Mia's Christmas dreams. Yay! Plus, she can help stand up to Mia's bully who is making fun of Mia for believing in Santa Claus. While Annie is hiding her true identity, she won't let anyone say that her father is not a real person. <laughs> I mean, heavens to Betsy. Heavens to Betsy. While all of this is going on, back at the North Pole, Chester, the head elf of operations, is scheming to take over. In order to do this, all he needs is for Annie to decide she doesn't want to run the Santa Empire. So he hires an actor, Dean, to make Annie fall in love with him and choose to stay in L.A. Dean creates a persona designed for Annie of a lawyer who loves Christmas. And of course, Annie is instantly smitten. Ted, on the other hand, is immediately suspicious of Dean. Like, Dean loves what Annie loves. He is at work a lot. He keeps buying toys for orphans, specifically Charlie Brownstone, which is setting off alarm bells. <laughs> uh, but Ted doesn't have any proof that Dean is sleazy. Luckily for him, Lucy and Mia agree, and all three are just kind of like watching Dean with their suspicious caps on. Yeah. And Annie, you know, not being worldly, doesn't notice. And, you know, it's Probably because she's never met a man before. <laughs> a man! <laughs> so Dean is getting pressure from Chester to move things along. 
He takes Annie out to see the Nutcracker, and when they pass a store of TVs playing a commercial of his, he grabs her and kisses her. Non-consensually! Well, they're on a date having a romantic thing. Like I'm sorry, that was it, it, it was very manhandling. Yeah, it was a grab. Um, so remember, one kiss only means forever when it's with the right person. And obviously, Dean is not the right person. Well, Annie is a bit shocked, but since she's looking for love in all the wrong places, she goes with it. The next day, when helping make like pageant sets, Ted basically admits to Mia that he is in love with Annie, but won't do anything about it because she's dating Dean. Mia stomps her little foot, Hallmark, Hallmark, <laughs> and tells him to get his head out of his ass, but not in those words because it's Hallmark, um, since Annie should definitely be with him. In order to make himself look good, Dean is still talking up these orphans. Uh, Ted offers to host a party for the children, which causes Dean to have to scramble to get, he uses the term rent, which is upsetting, (laughs) orphans. Dean and Annie are supposed to have another date, but Dean is, quote unquote, stuck at work, which honestly means anything and nothing. So Ted takes Annie and Mia ice skating, where Annie and Ted share a moment. Uh, But when they return to the motel, Dean is waiting for Annie and tries to get more of a commitment from her. Boo. So the night of the pageant goes really well, uh, including an ad lib from Mia that befriends her bully and thanks Annie in one fell swoop. Uh, Ted chickens out about telling Annie about his feelings, even though he has figured out 100% that Dean is an actor and is a joke. Um, The next day is the orphan party, which also is going very well until a woman from the orphanage shows up to thank Annie, having never heard of Dean. (laughs) Turns out, Ted made the call to the orphanage to invite them over, and Dean had nothing to do with it, of course. And then when Annie hears Dean on the phone with Chester talking about money and that Annie is going to stay in L.A., which she never really agreed to, by the way, and, like, Annie's like, what is going on with this guy? Ugh, my heart, it is broken. So she packs up and she goes back to the North Pole. Mia is sad to see Annie go since she's somehow figured out her identity. Uh, In order to make the parting easier, Annie leaves Mia her magic snow globe that is basically a nanny cam to the North Pole. (laughs) So back at home, Annie's parents can show her when Ted admits that he loves her. Light bulb on over, like, Annie's head. A heart-shaped light bulb. Uh, Annie is actually in love with Ted and always has been. (laughs) Dean was just the shiny, exciting toy and not the one that made her feel comfortable. And, like, the... He he was the shiny one that was going to break two days after Christmas. As opposed (laughs) to the well-made toy that was going to last forever. For a lifetime. For (laughs) generations. Uh, That night is Christmas Eve, so Annie hitches a ride with Dad back to L.A. You know, it's Santa, so he has them reindeer and stuff. 
Um, so down the chimney they come into the very sad little Christmas Eve dinner with Lucy, Mia, Ted, and Ted's accountant, who has developed a real thing for Lucy. Surprise, surprise. They're both uh, black. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those uncomfortable things. It's like, you're the only black person in this film. That means we have to have a relationship. Yeah. It's, it is very uncomfortable. Although, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. <laughs> Um, Annie confesses her love to Ted, and they kiss. And since one kiss means forever, we know that they will work out. And they do! Looks like Ted is going back to the North Pole with Annie, and they'll run the Santa Empire together. Maybe it's not Santa Claus, but Santa Ted. Ha <laughs> ha! Or the Santa Annies. Uh, Okay. So, let's talk about what the fuck moments. Starting with, if Dean didn't get the orphans at the orphan party, how did he think they got there? The magic of Christmas! <laughs> I have no idea. That was, I feel like that whole part of the movie is the one time. Okay, let me back it up. Okay. Let me sum up. Let me sum up. No, it is too much. Sorry. <laughs> um, Hannah and I have discussed at length how this movie on paper is the most bonkers bananas movie we will ever talk about, talk about, and yet a lot of it actually makes sense, and it's kind of cute and great, but this is the part for me that lost me completely with like him trying to rent children and thank god the woman at the orphanage was like i'm calling the police <laughs> yeah, right now like, like oh god like the fact that they use the term rent yeah like it's not even borrow it's rent <laughs> i mean but i feel like that's the perfect word for a man like that to yeah, use for I, that situation i uh, dean is a character that doesn't make sense to me as a like i i know what his purposes yeah why why is he a lawyer why is he pretending to be a lawyer why can't he be an actor because uh i feel like chester watches too many things where the lawyer like actors are not dependable you know he's not going to be a a source of like stability for annie and lawyers are and i don't know i don't know like, that, that part, I just, I was like, why are you lying? Like, the, the lawyer, it means nothing. You could just be like, I'm an actor. Yeah. You're in L.A. Everyone is an actor. That's like, <laughs> like, it wouldn't be weird. It would make your life easier. You wouldn't have to, like, hide. Like, hey, I have an audition. Or, like. Well, he's not a very good actor. Well, yes, so I think it maybe bad. maybe he wouldn't know how to act like an actor if he was playing himself, so he has to put on a whole persona. Unsure. It was just very like it was one of those things where I was like, you have too many lie balls in the air and no wonder they come back to bite you. Of course. What is it? Mark Twain said something about like if you want to tell a lie, you better have a good memory. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing the shit out of it. So I have questions about Annie's living situation at the candy cane. I I have questions about the candy cane. Okay. Well, first of all, I just have to point out this quote that um, when Annie is talking to Lucy about, like, how different everybody is, it's not like where she's from, from Norpole, Idaho, is the story they're saying. Um, 
my favorite line in the movie was Vivica A. Fox says, no, we seem very happy living in fear of each other. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. (laughs) City people. City people. But oh, I see. I, I think right around that time was also one of my favorite lines, which was, "There has to be at least a hundred people in this town." Oh my gosh! <laughs> at least there's a hundred people on this block, girl. Um. So. So she's. It took me a minute to kind of figure out, like she's having a conversation with Lucy and Mia while cooking dinner, and so it took me a second to think. Okay. Are they in Annie's unit, or is there a communal kitchen in this place? And the sign at the Candy Cane Inn does say kitchens available, so I'm wondering if it was, like, set up as, like, a hostile kind of situation. That's how I took it. Okay. Um, Because this is not the only movie where it's been, like, that that I've come across where it's a long-term stay-in-a-hotel you can cook in it, but you have your own room. Mm. But it's called a hotel or a motel or something. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if these are real. <laughs> that's that's a separate thing. <laughs> um, but that's how I took it. Yeah. Was okay. I though, as far as I can tell, there are no other guests. Exactly. <laughs> It's just Annie, Lucy, and Mia at this motel in, I don't think, downtown L.A. It's sort of like, I don't know where in L.A. it thinks it is uh, because there, there's one scene. Annie is walking, or not not Annie, it's, uh, I think Ted and the accountant are walking up to Wonderland Toys. I think it's when... Um, Annie and Lucy and Mia have, like, decorated the windows or something. And I was like, this, I like, I'm not sure I've ever seen a Hallmark movie that looks more like a prop set than this it does right this moment. Like, <laughs> this looks like some lot somewhere there's, this is made out of cardboard or, like, it just looks so fake. Yeah. Um... Yeah. The production quality on this was all over the place for me. It was, but I think that might be why it's, I I feel like that's part of the charm of it. Because L.A. looked as artificial as the North Pole. And so I think it blended in that sort of way. Well, I agree. But, like, there were, like, that one shot, like, really stood out to me of, like, whoa, like, backlot. And then there, when Santa comes down the chimney, it is the sloppiest cut. I know. It's upsetting. Like, it's like, really, you couldn't... In 2011, you could do something better than this. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, do like a, like a full-on, like, circle, like, magic and make the whole screen go magic. Like, instead yeah. of, like, Santa literally, like disappears in a cut that you can see as a layperson who does not do this. Like, yeah. 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 And they do the same thing with Annie too. Like her foot comes down and it jiggles and then all of a sudden it's like cut. Here I am. Yeah. That it was less jarring with her, I think. But for, for him, I was like, whoa, cause they did it twice. Cause he, he came in and out and I was like, oh my God. 
that's so that is very very true um yeah okay the other thing I think I want to touch on is I couldn't figure out how I felt about this but there's a decent amount of religious imagery in this you know like the pageant is pretty Jesus-y they talk about Jesus um and mo- I feel like most Christmas movies either lean Christmas via religion or Christmas via Santa. You don't often get a Santa is real, but so is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't it's funny. I've now that I've seen this movie twice, I've have never felt that. Okay. And I think that because I think yes, they're doing a pageant and everything like that. There's that, but I don't remember seeing a baby Jesus. I think it was just angels and people in like shepherd gear and whatever. Yeah. And but like I I can think of the only thing is carols. Carols have lyrics yeah. that talk about our dear savior's birth and I, like I feel like there are a couple of other lines that were oh. not part of the pageant which is why I, I was like huh usually it's if santa is real you don't lean religious yeah that didn't stick out to me too much but maybe it's only because I did the best christmas pageant ever five times when I was a kid and I just like or you know love actually a million times <laughs> but there were no lobsters in this one no um, also, is Annie, I mean, obviously Annie is good, because of course she is, but there is a period where she is, like, legit threatening children. Sweetly. She's still doing it sweetly. Let's describe this moment, <laughs> because we didn't really talk about it in the synopsis, and it's pretty epic. <laughs> it's epic. So, we told you that Mia was getting bullied about not believing in Santa. No, Mia believes in Santa. Oh, right. Yeah. Thank you. Mia was getting bullied about believing in Santa by this girl who is just like little baby bitch written all over her. And, um, and so Annie pulls her aside at this one point and basically says, I know who you are. And my father, who is Santa, knows who you are. And this is what you wanted for Christmas. And I know you wrote him a letter. So if you would like to not be on the naughty list anymore, (laughs) I'll find it a good word if you stop bullying her. And the kid has the most priceless face. She's like really upset. And it changes her ways and whatever. It's fine. It was like a, if you don't sit down to play with your kids, I'm play with these kids nicely. You are not getting dessert. Yeah, it was, it was that, but it was also like, I was like, is, are you allowed to do that? Santa's daughter? The whole point of Santa is the threat of the naughty list. I suppose that's true. Also, it's, it's such a weird, like the North Pole is a weird place in this because they make the toys but they they definitely make brand name toys. Yeah. Which is slightly confusing, but I'm willing to overlook it. But also I got the impression that the elves are not guaranteed jobs and they can be like fired or like 
not have a job. So are there like homeless elves? Aww. Like it's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like I like uh, you know, I was like, wait. Like they they aren't like just given a job and then if they do something bad get like sent to human world or something. Like No, it, you know where they go is they go to make the shoes or <laughs> they go to the Keebler tree. <gasps> but I think the peop- the Keebler tree are really happy. I think they love their job. I think the shoe elves maybe don't love their job quite as much. <laughs> That's true. And this is not the same universe as, like, the Rivendell elves. No. <laughs> Very no. different. No. Elvishness. Uh, but it just, like, it, just the idea that you wouldn't be like, okay, you're an elf and you get a job when you come of age or whatever. And, like, that wasn't a given and I'm like, what else are you going to do? There's, It's not like this place has industry. This is it. That's true. And now I'm just now realizing that the North Pole is basically the setting of The Giver. <laughs> yeah. you're born and you have a job. <laughs> you get slotted based on your aptitude or whatever. That yeah. I, I haven't read The Giver in a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. I think I tried to watch the movie, but... I did not. Um, I just wanted to point out, there was a line that Mrs. Claus, who is Vicki Lawrence, who is mm-hmm. genius, um, she she says to, to Annie that um, adventure is a roundabout course towards your destination. But then when Annie says it later in the movie, she says adventure leads you on a circuitous course towards your destination. So I wonder if that was the actual line, but Vicki Lawrence couldn't say it. So she said <laughs> roundabout instead. Oh, I love that. Adventure <laughs> is out there. <laughs> I was once in a play where I could not say persevere. And so I just said, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Some words are hard. They are. All right. Hallmark Hallmarks. Small town girl in the big city, fish out of water. Uh, and I said... A version of that, which is magical person not from our world, is just the nicest person ever to the shock of those around them. That is a good one. I said using her very specific skill set to turn something around. <laughs> How can someone not believe in Santa? Connected. How can someone not like Christmas? <laughs> Miracles always happen at Christmas. <laughs> Um, I'm here with Mia, the precocious child. Uh, you have met a man, so you must love him. You must love him. And if he loves hot cocoa and ice skating, so much the better. Yeah. Uh, I started to go along with yours, but, uh, Christmas magic or spirit fixes everything. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, we can't forget deception in the form of Dean. Yep. Uh, we have a humbug and a Christmas enthusiast pairing. Yes. Um, we have a magical snow globe. Uh, and we have a, we've got to save both the pageant and the store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a literal falling into each other's, uh, t- into Ted's arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. And I'm out. Okay, I have one more where it's the evil person talks about their plan in a place that can be easily overheard. <laughs> oh my gosh. I even wrote a what the fuck moment about that, which I didn't think it was worthy, but you you hit it. So yeah. good job. Yeah. Just like do this at home, people. 
like, great. Wouldn't you at least go outside and not like in the back room with only one wall? Yeah, <laughs> it's just so stupid. So dumb. It's, it's right up there with the like all those movies where like the villain is like, now I shall explain my plan before I kill you so that you have time to get away. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite trope though. <gasps> Except in the Watchmen where it doesn't work. Anyway. Um, pretty parade. Okay. My pretty parade. I don't know that I love it on Maria Thayer because of her coloring. But she spends a pretty decent amount of time in this, like, T-length maroon dress, often with a lace apron on it, and these, like, turn-of-the-century white boots, and it's adorable. It's, like, the cutest little outfit, and I love it. I, my only, like, complaint is that on her, I wish it was green, but I loved it. That was also my pretty parade. <laughs> I said pretty much most of her clothes. I like, I love that the costumers basically had her in either red or green the whole time, except later on she wore some pink, and yeah, I was like, wears. what? Yeah. But my anti is her ballet outfit and makeup. When she goes to the, she gets a makeover from Vivica yeah. A. Fox, and she's wearing kind of the same sort of style of dress in green, but it doesn't have as pretty of a top. And she's like wearing like a t-shirt underneath it. It yeah, it's very kind of looks like a t-shirt. Yeah, and then her makeup is it washes her out cuz she has a very nude lip but not much is also going on and I was like, "No, at Christmas you always have red lips. It's a rule." Yeah, I I I think I agree. I agree. Yeah. I realized there there's one scene where like Vivica A Fox is uh helping her go shopping for that and she picks up one of the ugliest I don't know that I would call it a top it's a teddy basically yeah <laughs> like I, I don't know that it's for outside <laughs> and it's like I love it and I was like it is awful yeah it's like a leopard print bustier with lace with like bright pink lace yeah. like it's like it's it's not even like it, it clashes with itself <laughs> And it was much too small for any one of their boobs. So I don't know who she's buying it for. <laughs> across the universe? <laughs> the only thing I have for Across the Universe, and it's really stupid, is just I just love, when I think of Annie and Ted, I think of Annie Murphy and then just Ted <laughs> from Shit's Creek. And I oh, know I that's not it. a connection at all. But, but I still love it yeah. anyway. Um, and mine was also kind of stupid. But so they, at the end of the movie, they are like, it was always you. I like that or something like that. And I just thought it was funny that it took Hallmark 10 years to use that as a title. <laughs> it was always you. It was like, uh, seriously, you you wrote this down. Why didn't I put that down as a fucking Hallmark Hallmark? <laughs> always been you but has it do you know really did you have anything i i do okay um i actually have a few so i'm just gonna rattle right, them off because they're not crazy okay so i just think this movie is cool because we have a woman of color that runs her own business and raises a daughter with like pretty much no complaint or e- and with ease yeah. so like good job um Annie actually has business sense and Christmas spirit. It's That's not true. one or the other. 
I love how they included video games as toys. Like, yeah. I love that that was something that he was making, that, that he was selling, because I feel like so many Christmas stories still think that we play with jack-in-the-boxes, <laughs> and we don't. Um, I And uh, the fact that she kisses the other guy so many times. So many times. Like, I didn't rate any of those, no, just I by didn't. the way. Okay, okay, okay. Except for saying that the first one was felt very non-consensual. <laughs> yes. So I thought all of those were kind of new and okay. or noteworthy. That's fair. Yeah. I didn't write anything down. Cool. I wrote down enough for both of us. Yes, you did. Supporting shout out. Vivica A. Fox. Yes, ma'am. She's clearly, like, her acting ability is miles above everybody else's. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it almost sticks out because you're like, oh, you're acting. The rest of them are, like, play acting. Well, I mean, I think Maria Thayer's doing a great job. She carries this movie. She does. And, but, and she, is, she is asked to, to play a character that is insane. Yeah. And she's doing the insane, but it, it reads as sort of bad acting. Yeah, it's cheese ball. Yeah, but I think it works. It works. It's it, it yes. Whereas like so she's in the same movie as like Ted and Dean, where like Vivica A. Fox is like, I'm elevating this. She's the angel. Yes, <laughs> she she really does elevate it. She's she looks great. She's great. I love her line. Um, at one point, Annie Annie runs out of the restaurant because she thinks she sees Dean walking around, and she turn and uh, Lucy turns to me and goes, "Don't you ever run after no man? That is a bad <laughs> look. Don't ever do it." <laughs> I loved that line. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. I did have one more supporting shout out. Oh, okay. Just really fast. Sure. This scene has no place in this movie, but we do get to go with Dean to acting class <laughs> at some point. Where he's working on a monologue. And I just thought the teacher was so, was having the best time being a, like one of those intense work with it type of acting teachers. Yes, do you feel that kind of thing? It's like, I don't believe you. Who here believed him? I didn't believe you. And then when he starts to like get it, she's like, yes. It it made me laugh so much. I loved I loved it. Yeah. Well, they need, we needed to go with Dean to the acting class so that when he uh, convinces Annie to stay with him, we know that he is using lines that he did not write himself. Right. That is true. That is true. Kiss meter. The meter of kiss. Yes. Okay. Um. So there were two kisses. There were two, and I rated. Both of them, kind Me too. of. I said the first one was a six. Okay. I said it was good enough, but honestly, her kisses with Dean looked better at that point. Hmm. Uh, I was a little nicer. I said seven. I said it was I also was like, it's not bad. Kind of, meh. Yeah. Um, cause, and also, the setup is cute. It's very, very cute. They're little like, you're my Calvin, which we are not going to get into. It's too... It's like being your lobster. Yeah. It, right. It, that's exactly what it is. Um, but it, it did have a, a very much a, like, let's push our faces into each other yeah. look about yeah. it. Um, but also, because I am a child of the early 2000s, um, she, her foot popped and... <laughs> and I noticed. 
and I know that means it's a good kiss. <laughs> Apparently, you and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Mia Thermopolis, okay. thank you very much. All right, all right. You're good. You're good. Um, the second kiss, um, I actually gave a lot higher. I gave it an eight. I also gave it an eight. Yay! Yeah, it was nice, except for everybody kind of watching, but it didn't really bother me at that point because yeah. everybody was like a family. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly how I thought of it too. Of like, it was very sweet. They're together. They're like making plans about their life. Yeah, they're in love. Yay! Yay! They're in love. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, would you watch this movie? I think this movie is a very specific mindset watch. But if you're in the right mindset of like, I'm going to watch Insanity, and that's what I want, it's a really fun version of it. I will I will agree with you. Like, like we said before, on paper, this should be one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. But if you listened to our last episode, you know that that's not the case. (laughs) And this is actually pretty great. It has the right amount of Christmas cheese and rom-com. It totally buys its own universe. Like, it lives in that universe. It doesn't really deviate. And I I think it's fine. It's like if you are, like, before you watch Elf, you'd watch this. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's a similar mindset uh, uh, like the universal thought process yeah it's it's if elf was made for one sixteenth of the budget i'll I'll take that well that was fun yeah christmas in july everybody it's always fun to have christmas in july when it's hot as balls oh my god God, we're gonna die. We're all gonna melt into puddles. I know. The other day, we were. I was watching Hallmark, and they were eating cookies and drinking hot cocoa. And I was like, I want that, but I don't want that at all. <laughs> right. It's like if that can be in ice cream form, maybe. Don't you tempt me like that, Miss Hannah. I think it's because I have ice cream in the fridge, and yeah. I'm excited about it because I haven't eaten dinner yet. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the scenes, what gives me forever? <laughs> we are trash people sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for uh, ha- having your your mid-year holidays with us. Yay! Uh, make sure you are following us on... Twitter and Instagram and Facebook where one kiss means forever. One and four are numerals. Uh, new movies are starting up in at, in Hallmark Land so Saturday nights be on the Tweeterverse. Yeah, we have a irrationally great time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried about some of them but uh, if you want to know which ones I'm sure the Hallmarkies pod where we talk about it You'll find out. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> so if you would like to email us, you can email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to Flint Pastures for our intro-outro music. You can find us stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, just, you'll find it. <laughs> I 
believe in you, listener. <laughs> I am. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you soon. We're going back to summer. Summer in summer. summer. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>